The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, it's Christina Bowling, Managing Editor with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to one of our newsletters by going to thecharlotteledger.com. And if you like this podcast, feel free to follow it or share it with a friend. This episode of the Charlotte Ledger podcast is presented by Crisis Assistance Ministry. This holiday season, thousands of our neighbors are struggling to keep their power flowing, to keep a roof over their heads, and to stabilize their families. You can make a difference in their lives by supporting Crisis Assistance Ministry today. Give hope, warmth, and light to those in need by donating at crisisassistance.org ledger. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Sonia Nichols. She's the owner and president of the Southern Lion, a multi-vendor shopping venue that opened in September in a former Sears building in the Carolina Place Mall. The Southern Lion features many of the same vendors who previously sold goods at the Black Lion Home Furnishings Marketplace that operated for 27 years just a mile away from the new Southern Lion. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Today we are sitting in the Southern Lion and we're in a corner here surrounded by all kinds of seasonal and just different decor items and, and gorgeous things. So I wanted just to start a little bit by talking about you and how you came to uh, start this journey uh, of founding Southern Lion. Well, Christina, first of all, thank you for giving me this opportunity to share the story. Some people, it's a weird story. For some people, it's an inspirational story. For some people, like, you really got to be kidding. Like, that's really, that's how this got started. I would tell you, so my husband and I have been here in Charlotte almost 25 years. We moved here back in 2000. I have spent the last 20 years, besides just being a mom, I have spent the time being, I would say, a community leader, a philanthropist, doing uh, things that help those in need. And so... I've been blessed to be the president of Good Friends, the president of the Women's Impact Fund, the president of South Charlotte Chapter of Jack and Jill. I've been in almost every nonprofit space here in Charlotte, the Mint Museum, Discovery Place. And so I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people to do a lot of organizational things. But then I started getting to a point, my kids were all grown, and then here comes COVID. And so COVID shows up, you're trying to figure out, so what? else is there? What else should I be doing? And I think, you know, the first thought is always, so what do I do to help others? And you always assume that has to be a nonprofit. It must be a nonprofit. But I have to tell you, there was a restlessness in my spirit that, you know, maybe I want to do something instead that was for profit. And so I'm sure my husband appreciates. <laughs> I thought of something for profit. So I initially started with a security guard business hiring only military veterans. And it was important to me. So that that kind of started this journey. So was that of, during COVID? So it was right before COVID. Okay. And it was right before we had the riots here in Charlotte. And so when we had the Lamont Keith Scott event, mm -hmm. that's when it kind of got started. Then people really wanted to call me after that. But I had already shut the business down because again, it was, we don't want to pay for that. We want that level of security, but we don't want to pay for it. No problem. So I decided to, to pull out of it. And then I would just kind of go back, still doing a little nonprofit stuff. As you probably know, then I decided to run for office. I said, well, I'll be a public service that way. While I didn't win the local race, I ended up winning a bigger seat. <laughs> as God would do it. So, so I'm one of your governors. 
for the UNC system. So that's the 17 colleges and universities, public colleges and universities for the state of North Carolina. And so the most fun job ever. So you've been basically, as you've kind of gone through, gone through the years looking for different experiences to lead, mm -hmm. to grow businesses, to grow yourself, mm -hmm. to, to raise up others, it sounds like. This whole Southern Lion thing is interesting because I was never a merchant or a vendor in the Black Lion. I was the, the consummate customer. I just loved to go in. I've always felt the Black Lion was that wonderful place where you could escape and, and just kind of veg. I could look at all of the pretty things, figure out how I could make my home beautiful. You know, there's some of the latest things that would come in. The owners, Bob and Nita Emery, you know, they had a wonderful collection of merchants who could get beautiful things from all over the world and have them all in one location. And so one day, I, I, like I said, to some people, this will sound weird, but this is what happened. God literally dropped in my spirit you should go see if the black lion is for sale. Just no, out of the blue? Out of the blue. It's not like you had heard a word on the street that maybe this was, mm -mm. no. Zero. I was cooking in my kitchen and it was just like, it's just like this in my spirit. You should see if the black lion is for sale. I uh, get my daughter and it's like, Kayla, I know this is crazy. Let's get in the car and see what's happening down here at this black lion. Let's go on down there. And she's looking at me like, you're crazy. We go. I'm walking around. I'm meeting, you know, I had one or two friends there and I'm just asking the question like, do you think they would ever sell this store? And so one of the friends looks at me and she's like, let me take you to the manager. And so we walk up, I meet Maureen Rudolph, general manager at the store then. And I just kind of asked her the question, do you think the owners would ever sell the Black Lion? And she gives me this look like, so it's already sold. How do you know that? And I'm like, I didn't know that. God just dropped it in my spirit. What do you mean it's already sold? And so I'm then thinking to myself, okay, daddy, you sent me down here <laughs> to, to see about this place. It's already sold. And then she's like, yeah, we're, we're all kind of right now in a tailspin because this is new. We're still trying to figure it out. It's, the store is going to be closing at the end of the year. And so I just asked the question, well, well, what are you all going to do? What are the merchants going to do? And then that's what she told me. She's like, we haven't determined that yet. You know, some of them are looking for other multi-merchant venues to sell their merchandise. And everybody's kind of really in a whirlwind. We don't know exactly what it is we're going to do. And so me running my mouth, and I'm sure my husband's like, what? I said to them, oh, we gotta go. We just can't let this shut down. We gotta go find us a place to set this back up. We just can't close. And she's looking at me like, oh, really? Okay, really? We, yeah. She don't know me from a hole in the yeah. wall. But she's like, oh, okay. And let's talk real quick, let's, <laughs> yeah. just for people who might not be familiar. So Black Lion was just a massive institution of retail. Iconic. 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 For nearly 30 years, Bob Emery had been in the business for over 50 years as a, a merchant, a trade salesman. And then with the idea he had when he came up with the Black Lion was he would work with all of these different small businesses that he was selling merchandise to. And folks would like to focus on, look, setting up my pretty merchandise, but they didn't really want to do the business part, like pay the rent, pay the taxes, pay the utilities, you know, open and close. And so he came up with the idea, if I create that space for you, I'll be the landlord. I'll handle the rent. I'll handle the utilities. I'll handle the taxes. And then you just come in, and you concentrate on doing the pretty. 
And he, you know, brought together a really strong collection of merchants who are excellent at what they do, furniture, home decor. One of the things he brought in was clothes and jewelry. He said that was something he didn't really want to sell because he, this is a furniture and home decor business. But women love clothes and jewelry and handbags. So that made its way into the store. And so, and many retailers even like were able to grow from Black mm -hmm. Line and, and open and brick open and mortar, brick and mortar stores. Yeah. When we transitioned and came here, a couple of them decided to open up their own stores because Black Lion, for many of them, had been a an incubator, a business incubator. And so, if I were to give Black Lion a title, that would be it. It's a business incubator. It would allow the a merchant to pull together, how could I run my business, but I don't have to think about every single thing. The, the, the Black Lion did that for them. And so the Black Lion had many stores. They had stores in Atlanta, Boston, Nashville, a couple here in Charlotte. So they were in Dilworth, they were up in the Concord Mills. And so, because the idea of this multi-merchant marketplace where I as the consumer can go to this one location and see everything in the world and park my car in one place. And so it's like it would bring in and condense what you would find in a mall, right? Mm -hmm. But this to me is so much better. The, you know, the malls are big, they're vast. Everything that's in a multi-merchant place like this makes it easy for me as the customer to see everything I would see if I could get into a place like High Point Market or if I could go to Atlanta to, the, to America's Mart. The normal consumer can't go in any of those places. It's only open to the trades. But Bob curated a group of really strong merchants who would bring all of that stuff from all of those places. And now you and I can go in and look at it. So for me, you can't let that die. That's why I'm hanging out. So guess what I'm gonna do? We're gonna help us find a location to put this. And so that's what, that's what I did. Bob and I worked together. I didn't know that I had a soul brother out there. He, he is my soul brother. How quickly did that happen? Like from your meeting Maureen and finding out the germ of that mm -hmm. something might be possible yeah. to like actually So actually moving forward, it. I would say it was in a matter of months. We, we made the decision. Well, once I met Bob, I'm like, we're doing this. We're doing this. I think he realized I had his energy in terms of getting something done. So he and I and Maureen, we rode around the city. We knew that if we opened the space, it had to be in South Charlotte because that's where the customers are that shop his store. And so we did all of South Charlotte. We, one side of 45, other side of 45, 77. And you knew that most of your vendors, would, most of the Black Lion vendors were gonna wanna come. They would wanna come. Okay. Because it was still attached to the Black Lion. It's still that iconic name that we all know and love for those of us that have been here in Charlotte for at a minimum 20, 30 years. And how many were there? So they had over 170, I would say like merchant booth spaces at the, the Black Lion. And when I say that, all of the booth sizes are not the same. You had individuals who had booth spaces that are like four and 500 square feet for a retail, a, a, a small business that's, that's actually really huge. A lot of your smaller merchants may only want 10 feet by 10 feet, only 100 square feet. And so you had some that had multiple booths. And so that 170 plus number really is much bigger. If you were to break up those booths, it'd be 350, 400 booths. If we're going by an average 10 by 10 booth. 
So I just happen to be coming across the parking lot as I'm riding around with my husband. We're gonna make a cut through, which I'm sure is the illegal thing to do. You're trying to get from one side of the mall to the other because I really want to get back on the highway. Let's just cut through this Carolina Place Parkway parking lot. So we're cutting through the parking lot. And then my husband says, Sonia, look over there. We look and there's the Sears building. The Sears building, abandoned, has been sitting for at least six years because Sears had closed. We ought, let's see, I wonder if we can get in there. We get in, the initial plan was for me to just come in and they were gonna work with me. My broker was getting me in on just the ground floor. So that in and of itself was gonna be 85,000 square feet of the ground floor of this Sears building. Because this is a two-story. It's a two-story building, building and it's the mall. And we all know the malls are in the decline that they're in. Sears had closed. This was empty. Came in, trying to plan it out. I would have to tell you there was nothing easy about it at all. Nothing. And because you're dealing with banks, you're dealing with construction teams. Everybody's looking at you and they're like, oh, yeah, lady, that's that's great. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll help you. And so people would step in and look, I went and got Hugh. Hugh. I just want to do this. And he's looking at me like, Sonia, it's the mall. You know, malls are dying. And then who is Hugh? <laughs> Hugh McCall. Oh, Hugh McCall. Being Hugh McCall. And so I'm talking to him about it. Just what do you think? And then I decide to talk to, and I call her my mom, Joan Zimmerman. So Joan Zimmerman of the Southern shows, Southern Christmas show, Southern Spring show, Southern Farm show, the women's show, that Joan Zimmerman. And I'm so asking. you have very high level advisors. <laughs> You know, right, right. Former chairman of Bank of America, yes. founder of Southern Shows. Yes. What I would add to that, Christina, when we're doing things, you don't know that God is setting you up the whole time. So all of the philanthropy and volunteer work I've been doing, I have been doing with Hugh and Joan all these years. And so they were always my mentors, but it was always on the philanthropic front. And so I think when they, they, they knew I'm a hard worker. If I put my mind to it, that's what that's what we're gonna do. That's the project, and we're gonna do this project. Now you can be on this train with me, or you don't have to be on this train with me. I'm gonna do this project, and I'm gonna win. They both supported me. They both like Sonia. That is not a far-fetched idea. Go for it. Go after. Get the black lion, and let's see if we can open it. And so we've gone through this process. What turns out, as we're going through this process, and the economy being what it is, the other company that was supposed to be on this top floor of the Sears building decided instead to go to the Concord Mills. So it's gotcha. Primark. Okay. So the floor came open and they were like, well, Sonia, if you want the top floor, you can have it too. So that was a turn you were not expecting? You never saw it coming. Yeah. Never saw it Two coming. Two floors. Two floors. And of course, you know, then I still have friends looking at me like, you crazy as hell. What makes you think that you're just gonna jump out there? What you should do is get you a little 10,000 square foot space on you, you know, take it a step at a time. And I know that is what would make sense, but that is not what God put in my spirit. He's like, no, go big. Or I like to tell people, go big or go home. So it's like, well, we out here. So, so you're not going to go with the, the slow growth conservative model. You're no. going to go with the, you're going to, you want to go with the bang. Get on the way in there. Just just go. If I had to put forth the effort, it's kind of like when I when I see people and they'll be in a contest and I always think to myself, it's like, well, you know, it was just great that you tried. And that is not how I'm built. 
It was like, no, if I'm in this contest, we're going to win. What does it take to win? If I'm going to put forth the energy, I want to win. I don't want to just show up. I don't want to place. I want to win. And it's just, I'm built that way. So we do this. It's been, I would tell you, Christina, the up and down of construction, financing, in terms of the timing of me doing this. It has been the, the biggest roller coaster I could have ever been on in my entire life. At the same time, God allowed me to have the best husband ever. And Richard has done everything to help me finance this deal. He's done, I mean, he's, he's done everything to make sure I had what I needed. It was one of the hardest things ever. I would tell you, Christina, if, if the, the learning for me, which was the most interesting, I won't say what the most interesting, what was interesting, God blessed me with almost all the merchants who wanted to come here. I had the model. I had the general manager for the store. Maureen had been with the store for years, almost 20 years. All of that was coming over here with me. I had the blueprint of what to do. And I would tell you, the banks would tell me, but you're not Bob Emery. And that, wow. yes, that was no it. Kidding. You're not Bob Emery. I'm like, but I have every single other thing. He helped me design everything, but I was not him. And so, and so, and then Bob got to see that. And then he, I mean, I think it hurt him. He's like, I'm doing everything to help her. What do you mean? She's not me. And that, and that was the banks that turned me down said, I'm not Bob Emery. Was it hard not to take that personally? I took it very personal. They all, and they all knew it. But I, I also knew what motivated me was like, God, you gave me this to do. So if, if, clearly, if you're giving me this to do, I, I, I got to keep going. This episode of the Charlotte Ledger podcast is presented by Crisis Assistance Ministry, dedicated to restoring the hope, warmth, and light of home. I'm it going. sounds like that must have been stressful for so many levels, but also like the fact that you had all the, these vendors, almost a mm-hmm. hundred, right? Who were waiting for me. For open, some, this is their, their this is livelihood. Their livelihood is yes. to be in front of customers. Yes, and selling merchandise. Yeah. And so it was stressful for them because we thought we were going to open in March. Then we thought we were going to open in June. And then we thought we were going to open in August. And then one day, uh, as, look, as God would have it, I'm sitting with Bob and he's like, Sonia, got an idea. And I'm like, oh, okay, oh, okay. We got the top floor, right? Yeah. You ought to open up a pop-up shop. We ought to open up a pop-up shop. Now, the plan was the top floor was not going to open until 2025. We were going to allow this to be just a storage space for the merchants until we could figure out what we wanted to do with it. And then it was like, okay, God, I never, I never actually saw that coming, but okay. And so we came in in the end of June, July, and cleaned up this whole space because it looked like what you could imagine the Sears would look like after it's been sitting for, you know, six years. So every little critter that could come in here and die with his cousins, they were all here. The walls looked exactly the way it looked 20 years ago, you know, with the Huskies, lands in, painted all these different colors. We came in and then, and it was funny because some people like, well, Sonia, it's a pop-up shop. You don't need to do anything. Just kind of get everything kind of straightened up a little bit. That wasn't going to fly with you. Oh, who would get on me all the time is Joan. She's like, I cannot believe you're spending this kind of money for a pop-up shop, Sonia. Sonia, I would never do it. 
and then she's looking at the bazaar. She's like, oh my God, it looks so wonderful. Well, so let's talk about that for a second. Because yes. you have an actual pond with water yes. in here. Yes, 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 yes. You yes, have yes. like, incre I mean, the displays are incredible and mm -hmm. they, it doesn't look like some a pop-up shop. No. Right. God bless me with some of the best merchants ever. The best merchants ever. So the beauty that they provided when they were at the Black Lion, they brought all of that with them here. It's kind of pent up. We opened up the pop-up shop not for this to be anything permanent. We opened it because our merchants had merchandise coming in on pallets. And I felt so bad because the downstairs wasn't open yet. And they're like, they've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we have millions of dollars in inventory if you combine everybody. And it's just sitting in back in my storage area. And so it's like, okay, you know what? It's the Christmas season. Let's open up this top floor and fix it so that they could come in and sell their merchandise. Because Christmas is a huge deal, That's right? The, for the merchant. For, for several of them, 75 to 95% of their revenue is September through December. That's it. You know, a little spill over to this January because I got to put the Christmas on sale. The clearance. But that's, that's, this is when they make their money. They don't make any money any other time, really. And so we decided to work on this. We decided to go ahead and open it up to the delight of the customers. Some people knew to the Black Lion closed, but they didn't know anything about the Southern Lion. They didn't know when it was gonna open. And, and everybody had this like pent up demand, like we wanna go. And so the merchants came in here when we finally cleaned up and Christina, the shock to people when I tell them, my merchants were so fantastic. They put all this together in six days. They, they This was empty. I painted, cleaned it up, made it, you know, made it presentable. And then they came in like gangbusters. I mean, you hear me snapping. They popped this stuff in here. It was phenomenal how they came in. They also had the pent up energy, but several of them said they, they watched what I went through. Again, part of this whole process. People would not believe the headaches that I went through with the building inspectors, the fire marshals, the permitting departments. And so I feel like God bless me with some of the best folks ever to do this with. So what will become of up here? So we are, so I'm, I'm transitioning. So we're on the second floor. So we're on the second floor, this top floor. I have some merchants that want to stay up here. But what we're looking at doing is I'm talking to some individuals right now. I want to turn this into a home remodeling center is the idea that I have right now. It could change. It will change, I'm sure. But I want it to be a one-stop shop. You can come up here, so you look at the pond. That gentleman that built that pond with some rocks and some tarp in two days, he could put that in your backyard. This is his calling called Peaceful Ponds. He wanted you to see, I could do this for your home. Then I came with the idea, so I need to get some wallpaper. I need paint. I need an electrician. The things you used to be able to get at the Home Depot, if I went to the Home Depot and I'm in the lighting section, I, back in the day, I used to know I'm going to talk to an electrician and they'll tell me what to do. But now they don't have that. But you could come here is the idea and do that here. I need siding. I need stonework on the outside looking for carpeting, flooring, the so independent. tradesmen. Yeah, the tradesmen. So the individual merchants, just like you have at the, at, you, you have with the Southern Lion with accoutrement to decorate your house. We're looking to create a space very similar for the tradespeople. 
you can come here and each one will have their own separate booth. Like when you go to the expos and then, you know, it's a weekend expo. Come redo your whole house, remodeling. And then I can do the bath fitters. And then I, I this, this one will remodel your kitchen. This person can figure out how to put tiling on your ceiling. Those individuals who sell those things can now all come here and be in one cohesive location to do that. We also have folks that are I'm talking to and I, I got to be very specific or very particular. I need to be very particular. Because it is a big space. So you, well, there are a lot of options. Yeah. We're 50,000 square feet on this floor and we're 85,000 square feet downstairs. And the downstairs, one of the things I would, I would share as I've been on this uh, journey, Christina, to figure out what do consumers like? What, what, what are the changes from when I was growing up? And it has given me the impetus to brand Southern Lion a different way. So before this is just a shopping destination and it's going to be, oh, it's the, it's going to be the shopping destination. It already is the shopping destination. I want it to be an experience. And what I'm finding is with a lot of consumers now, I think when I was growing up, we liked stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, we loved collecting and, the, you know, the beautiful pieces of furniture, antiques or, you know, you know, ultra modern, the things that your friends don't have. I got it at my house. We're finding the younger generation wants the experience. They want it to be an experience. So when we're downstairs, you will have the experience of going to all of these different merchants to see their beautiful stuff. But we decided to add a few other elements that we are finding that we did up here mm -hmm. that are like, we're, we're, we're clear. We're going to get everybody to come into the store. One of the things is you always get the husband, boyfriend, dad, son. He ain't really want to come with you. He ain't, he ain't really want to come to the mall with you. He really want to come shopping with you. He hated it. But he, yeah. you, you drug him kicking and screaming. So what we will have downstairs is we will have, it started off being called the man cave. Then we called it the lion's den. Okay. And then last week somebody came in and said, no, that's called daddy daycare. And so we're going to have five big screen TVs playing only sports right next to our cafe. So we will have a cafe, and that was one, one of the things that people loved about the Black Lion. We will have a cafe downstairs. And again, we have that experience that your whole family actually could come here and enjoy it. What are some of the biggest surprises since you've been open that you've learned about, like how people shop mm -hmm. or the retail world since it was really mm -hmm. new for yeah. you? So the interesting thing I tell people, so my retail background is different from everybody else that's here. My retail background, is my grandparents owned nightclubs and liquor stores. But, and I grew up with my aunt and uncle. My uncle was an Episcopal priest. And people, you know, you, you get that kind of puzzled look. Both of those spaces are all about hospitality. Everything is about hospitality. When you go into a, a, a club and you're like a regular, people think like Norm from Cheers. It's, it's, it's how I feel. How do you make me feel when I walk in? Warm, inviting. I really try to work very hard God has blessed me with some of the best sales consultants ever. My cashiers, they, when people walk in the door, welcome, we're happy to have you here. This is a warm, inviting space. And in a lot of retail places, you don't get that. They don't speak to you. So for me, so that was one thing that was different. I would say, Christina, the other thing that's a different, again, people want the experience. And so, what we're trying to do is provide that people want to enjoy being in the store. And so I'm finding that that will be important. 
I think what a lot of my merchants are having to really wrestle with is because people want more experiences, is that where they would decide to spend their money instead versus buying the, the item here in the store. And so I think what all of us are trying to do is now really begin to figure out what do people want. My generation still wants the item mm -hmm. in our warm little hands. The younger generation, again, they want the experience. So we're trying to make sure we provide an experience. The mall has already told us that since we've opened this location, their number one entrance into their mall is now on our side of the store. All the traffic is coming in on this side. They're either coming in our door or they're coming in, you know, the, the main Carolina Place mall entrance. Mm -hmm. Our side of the mall now is the place where everybody parks now. There's something about the experience. We're even watching the workers in the mall park over here. We're trying to, you know, trying to help them not to park in my parking lot. I need the spaces for my customers, but they're all parking over here and then walking through our space. Interesting. To get to their. What does that tell mall. you? One for me is like, so God is here, but we're a warm space. We are, there's something attractive, where there's something you feel, you see, you taste, you touch, you smell. It's an attractive, feel good space. Even if it's a, a momentary escape, mm -hmm. it's a momentary escape where I get to look at, I can have all my senses engaged when you walk through here. There's beautiful things to look at. We're, we're playing, I think, the, the, some of the classiest jazz music that you get to touch stuff as you're walking through. We have merchants with all of these fancy candles and soaps and lotions. You get to smell that. It's a, it, all five of your senses are engaged walking through this space. And I, I really think it's, 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 it's just does something to your spirit. It just, it just feels good when you walk through this space. And so I'm loving it. What do you think interesting about, you're talking about the traffic patterns in the mm -hmm, mall. Mm -hmm. Did it worry you at all coming to a mall? I know, you know, people talk about malls yeah. being in decline. Yeah. What are, you know, what mm -hmm. will malls be in 20 mm -hmm. years and that kind of thing? So, you know, it's something I, I don't want to harp on it a lot. What I will tell you is, so there was a concern. One of the things I will tell you is that we made the decision to have off-duty police inside our store, we're on duty, off duty, we have the police. People are like, you know, you don't think that was too much. It's like, no, I want my customers to know I can come in this space and I feel comfortable and safe in this space. We see what's going on. We, we've seen it on TV. You hear the craziness that's happening. I, I need this, I need my customers and my employees, my staff, I need them to feel this is a safe space for them to come into. The mall being in decline, I. I can see the negative in that, but for me, the cool part is, so now I'm blessed with this big building with a ton of parking. I've got parking for days. So if you show up here, you're gonna get a park. You ain't gotta park on the street. You ain't gotta park on the other side of the mall. You ain't gotta park across the street. You can park in my parking lot and get in the door to this space because we have a lot of space. And like I said, the mall has told us, they've watched just overnight, all the traffic pattern has switched to this side of the mall. What is the estimate for when the, the first floor will be open? So the first floor, the official Southern Lion is slated for early spring. And so they're under construction now. We've got framing, lights, new light fixtures, everything is going in right now. We're looking at, God willing, the end of February. 
I'm hoping early February, but of course my contractors tell me to stop saying, <laughs> stop saying that it's spring and you just leave it at spring. Like, okay, my son is doing the same thing. Mama stop telling everybody February. I'm counting on February, but let's call it early spring. Early spring. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then these, and then the vendors will just transition downstairs. And, go down. and so probably what we will do is for my vendors, we will probably close this upstairs for at least for a week. Sonia Nichols, thank you so much for sitting down with me and congratulations on this thing that you have built. Well, thank you for having me. Thank it's been you. a wonderful thank having you. you. Thank you. That's it for today. The Charlotte Ledger podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. Check out the Charlotte Ledger at thecharlotteledger.com. This episode is proudly presented by Crisis Assistance Ministry, bringing hope, warmth, and light to those in financial crisis. Support Crisis Assistance Ministry's mission today. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Mm -hmm.